is Tuesday here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast, and Tuesday of this week means that we are going to continue to dig in to the NFL training camp battles. Yesterday, I was out. Mark took you through the uh, the Dallas Cowboys along with RJ Ochoa of Inside the Star. Mark, I'm back here today, and we're going to be talking a little bit of Bills heading over to the AFC East from the NFC East. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. Great guest to do it. We certainly do have one of the best in the business joining us. We have Joe Marino from Draft Breakdown as well as NDT Scouting on with us right now. Joe, I appreciate you joining us because I know that you're a little light on sleep after some heavy travel the last couple days. Uh, yeah, it's it's great to be on uh, tonight, guys. And uh, you're, you're, you're not kidding. Jet lag is a real thing. Uh, 38-hour trip getting home from Greece uh, on Friday. So I am... Uh, I am adjusting, and it's not going well. Absolutely. Well, we are certainly happy to have you here today. And uh, this show is brought to you by Crossover Football. It gives coaches the ability to break down game film to pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon for one free breakdown today. And Joe, let's start by looking at uh, this Bill's camp here. We have, you know, I think a number of different storylines that are going on right now. But obviously, I want to start on the rookie class because I know you spend so much time uh, working the draft every year. And talk to me about any players that might have stood out to you in the first few days as far as maybe either outperforming your expectations or underperforming. Well, I think the guy that comes to mind is the Bills' six-round choice, uh, the cornerback from USC, Kevon Seymour, who... um, in uh, you know the two starters at corner, Stephon Gilmore and Ronald Darby are, are cemented in there. But the guy that's emerging uh, to compete for the number one uh, backup on the outside and potential starter at nickel is Kevon Seymour. Uh, he's a senior out of USC whose tape I liked a ton. I had a fourth round grade on him. Uh, I like those, those cornerbacks that are feisty and competitive at the catch point that uh, tackle well. And so that's what you get from Kevon Seymour. Obviously, he has the experience, a a multi-year starter at USC. But he's a guy that's coming in and emerging uh, in the Bills secondary. And you know Rex Ryan loves his defensive backs, and he's uh, spoken very highly of Seymour. Now, Joe, you know I'm going to ask you about Cardale. The reports out of Buffalo camp have been a little tough to figure out. They've kind of clamped down a little bit on the media. But I did see a tweet today that showed that said that Cardale hit a reporter who was about 40 yards on the sideline and knocked his phone out of his hand. Have you heard anything about Cardale's progress early on in camp? Well, just that he's been kind of erratic. And now keep this in mind with the uh, a lot of the Bills media coverage tends to be pretty negative, and they, uh, they love to jump on uh, uh, mistakes. So uh, Cardale Jones was uh, ripe. Uh, for the, uh, the the picking there for uh, the the Bills reporters, but um, you know I think that's something that you're going to get with Cardell Jones is some of the erratic uh, throws, but the the talents there and the Bills aren't looking for him to to do anything this year, um, it really other than learn the system, develop uh, his mechanics, and then uh, be the second string quarterback next year, uh, assuming Tyrod Taylor's back. Joe, one of the major concerns for this Bills team last year was 
oddly enough, a, a defense that was very inconsistent at times, which had historically you know, been something that Rex Ryan uh, obviously put a great deal of pride in, was being able to have a strong defense regardless of what was going on elsewhere on the field. Obviously, a lot of new faces both on the coaching staff and some new faces on the field this year. What are some of the major shifts that they are looking to implement now heading into the season to change that? Well, I think the, the main thing here is completely going with Rex Ryan's system where last year uh, they had a lot of uh, carryover from the Jim Schwartz scheme, which is a great scheme, um, but it's not Rex Ryan's scheme. So you didn't have a true identity behind what was being done. And so, uh, as you said, they're bringing in coaches like his brother, Rob Ryan, and Ed Reed, who was a obviously a, a an elite player for him for many years uh guys that know the system that buy in and then we all know about the slogan that he's implemented on the team this year with the all-in uh, to get everyone to buy in and getting rid of mario williams who was very outspoken about how he was used and the scheme in general uh and then you know using the draft choices on shaq lawson and adolphus washington and reggie raglan the first three picks of the draft really speaks volumes to what they were trying to do to uh, to to fully uh, embrace Rex Ryan's system and uh, what's made Rex Ryan a successful defensive coach, you know, being what he is, being true to himself. So, uh, I guess the thought here is uh, is that that approach where everybody is on the same page, the identity is clear, and and bully, buying fully into what Rex Ryan likes to do defensively, and uh, hopefully with the coaching changes and the personnel changes uh, that. Um, the Bills' defense gets back to where it was the two years before Rex Ryan came in last season. Joe, speaking of that defense, it's a pretty veteran-laden secondary, but there are some new guys up front, like the two guys you mentioned, Washington and Ragland. Do you think that the secondary is going to be the strength of this defense, or do you still think that that defensive front is going to carry the day for them? Well, you know, I think the, the key player on this defense is going to be Marcel Darius, who's an outstanding football player that anchors the, 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 the front there. Um, him and Jerry Hughes and Kyle Williams, those guys are the, the core of the defense. Um, but I think you are right in that the experience on the back end in, in Gilmore and Corey Graham and Aaron Williams, uh, Nikel Roby, <clears throat> we saw what Ronald Darby can do last year. Those guys are going to be the guys that are uh, going to be really uh, – the catalyst in this defense by having the communication on point on the back end and allowing that front seven to play downhill and attack. Now you, you get concerned about uh, the linebacker position with Preston Brown and Reggie Ragland, not that those guys aren't good football players that can help, but uh, that they lack the, the top end speed and something that the Bills struggled with last season was covering those running backs out of the backfield. So um, uh, they're, they're going to need the secondary to anchor and, and come up and make tackles and be sound on the back end uh, to kind of cover up some of maybe that speed that lacks off from the linebacker position. Joe, I want to turn over to the offensive side of the ball for a little bit. I, I'm hearing reports that we may be getting close to Sammy Watkins' time. What can you tell me about the expectations for when he may be back on the field? 
Well, I think Sammy Watkins, if there was a football game on Sunday, he'd play. Uh, he passed his conditioning test. He's way ahead of progress on the foot injury, and we know what he can do. Um, so uh, there's no reason to rush him back. I think one of the main things with the offense this year uh, is getting Tyrod Taylor to develop more rapport with more of the targets, with the Robert Woods, with with the Charles Clay, with whoever's going to emerge as that third wide receiver. Uh, where uh, last year we started off the season where everything was focused on Percy Harvin. And when Percy Harvin went down and Sammy Watkins demanded the football, uh, it seemed like Sammy Watkins was, was just featured at a high level. Well, if Tyrod Taylor can distribute that football around a little bit better, we could see uh, better looks uh, Sammy Watkins' way. And it sounds like he's going to be uh, ready to roll uh, you know, now, but for certain week one. Digging more into uh, the depth on offense there, uh, one of the departures in that receiving core over the offseason was Chris Hogan heading to the Patriots, a division rival. Who are some of the players that are in contention for that third receiver spot, and who do you think has the leg up at this moment? Well, I think there's four names uh, that come come up when you talk about the third receiver spot for the Bills. That's Desmond Lewis. He was their seventh-round pick uh, last year who uh, has the you know the height, weight, speed that you look for, but uh, really failed to develop as a route runner and, and had some, some care, uh, personality issues uh, as a rookie. Uh, Greg Salas, who came on pretty well late in the season last year, made some plays. Rex Ryan actually said today in his press conference that Des Lew- or, uh, that Greg Salas has the, the best hands on the team. Uh, and then the other two, well, the other three guys are Leonard Hankerson, Greg Little, who's known for his drops, and uh, Jared Boykin, who was, uh, was fantastic with Tyrod Taylor at Virginia Tech. So that's the cast of characters. If, if you had to ask me who I think it's going to be, it's going to be Greg Salas uh, because of that route running, because of those hands, which is very similar to what you got from Chris Hogan, who, who is a bigger loss than many people think, uh, and that Greg Salas can get down the field and cover kicks as well. He can also catch punts. So uh, Greg Salas's well-rounded skill set uh, will probably uh, be the reason he wins that third job. But the guy to keep an eye on is Desmond Lewis, who, like I mentioned already, has the physical traits to win in this league. And uh, with Robert Woods as a free agent next year, uh, Desmond Lewis is already running reps uh, with the ones with Sammy Watkins not practicing right now. So uh, look for Desmond Lewis to really emerge maybe uh, as the season progresses, but initially Greg Salas. Joe, another depth name that the Bills recently added was running back Reggie Bush, the veteran formerly of USC, and he's traveled around a little bit. He's been told that he can compete for possibly the number two spot behind uh, LaShawn McCoy. What are your expectations now that Bush has been added to this roster? Well, what Reggie Bush does, and we know what he can do as a football player, and what he does is provides that depth, like you said, behind McCoy uh, with Carlos Williams being suspended for four games. And then on top of that, he's not been in shape and really just had uh, one of the worst off seasons you can have uh, between his physical conditioning uh, and then the, the drug suspension. And then, uh, then of course the Jonathan Williams, the rookie out of Arkansas, who I'm very high on, he, he comes down with the, with the DWI, um, and, and all of a sudden, the depth that you like so much behind LaShawn McCoy, it's a little bit cloudy, uh, leaving just Mike Gillisley and James Wilder. 
So insert Reggie Bush, who can come in and do a lot of the same things that LaShawn McCoy uh, did. Now, the Bills had the number one rush offense in the league last year, and they're going to want to run the football. So uh, preserving the, uh, the the stable of running backs here uh, for the course of 16 seasons when you're going to have that many uh, rushing attempts, it, it was prudent of them to go ahead and get Reggie Bush, who has a similar skill set to LaShawn McCoy. The other thing that Reggie Bush can do for the Bills is provide a punt return and kick return, uh, not something he's done a ton as a pro but we saw what he can do in college with that um, and uh, maybe add an explosive element to the return game uh, if nothing else but uh, certainly certainly a player that fills a need getting some some depth that uh, you can count on behind LaShawn McCoy who was such an important piece of that offense the, the Bills offense was best when LaShawn McCoy was healthy and contributing. Yeah, and, and and certainly, as you mentioned, building that depth there is is definitely something uh, that is important for that Bills team over the course of a 16-game season. want to talk briefly to uh, some of the coaches who may be listening right now. Crossover football can actually help coaches win more games and make better use of your film room, film room through its technology. Crossover breaks down and creates stats out of your game film. It gives you searchable clips, advanced ODK, tendency reports, all kinds of other great info that you can access from any PC or mobile device like a phone or a tablet. Your formations and personnel packages can be labeled with your own terminology, and you can create custom highlight reels and exchange video with anyone on the platform. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon, and you get one breakdown for free today from Crossover Football. Joe, let's turn now to the the next uh, the upcoming NFL draft. I say upcoming like it's around the corner, but look, nine months away can be around the corner quicker than you think. You've been doing work all summer, really, pretty much since the uh, the twenty sixteen draft ended on the NDT scouting twenty sixteen uh, the preseason outlook. I believe you're calling it. I think you're about three weeks away from releasing it now, right? That's right. August twenty second is coming. Talk to me about uh, where you are in the process right now and, and really some of the, the names that have stood out uh, to this point as you've gone through. I'm guessing you've you're, you got to be pretty close to getting through your work at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, fine. it's finishing up the, the last uh, few film uh, evaluations and uh, you know, just making sure that everything's ready to uh, submit a great product to the people that want to purchase it. Um, so it's, it's been a great project. Uh, um, it, really looking like a, a good senior class when you consider it. I'm already getting excited about getting down to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl this year. Uh, but I will say this. It, it, when I'm looking at the senior class, there's two positions where I think uh, there is there is a, a ton of uh, depth and quality at the top, and that's that wide receiver uh, initially where you have uh, guys like Corey Davis from Western Michigan and uh, uh, Mike Williams out of uh, Clemson and Josh Reynolds from Texas A&M and uh, even guys like Travin Durrell from Louisiana State and Stacey Coley from Miami and, and it's an impressive group. That doesn't I, I didn't even mention Jehu Chesson from Michigan and Fred Ross. It's a really deep uh, receiver groups, particularly for the seniors, uh, where you have uh, a variety of skill sets and guys that project as uh, you know 
number one targets and number two targets at the next level. And then uh, the other position that really stand out to me at this point is a linebacker position where I think there's a ton of quality in terms of the off-ball uh, linebackers like the Jalen Reeves Mabin out of Tennessee who's a fun football player to watch. That guy plays like his hair's on fire and makes plays from sideline to sideline. Uh, Gerard Davis out of Florida is a quality football player that projects as a starter for me. And then even uh, Riley Bola out of Michigan State who I think is uh, is much better than his brother Max and, and can really help uh, on every down. And, and then Reuben Foster out of Alabama who's just a stud. So uh, if you're looking for a, uh, right now initially linebacker or wide receiver with experience, it's a good year to need one of those. Now, Joe, everybody's talking about this running back class, and there's a big focus on the underclassmen. But in the studying that you have done, have any seniors stood out to you that guys that might break into that conversation for this running back class? That's a great question. The guy that really jumped off the film to me is uh, the Michigan running back, Davion Smith, five eleven, two twenty eight. Uh, and he is a thick downhill runner uh, that is just dominates between the tackles, extremely physical, a guy that maximizes his carries, gets every yard possible, and uh, he's, he's got uh, some elusiveness that's surprising uh, to make tacklers miss in the hole. Uh, so you, you don't expect that type of wiggle there from a guy who's almost 230 pounds. He's a, a solid, solid, solid pass protector, and he can get his work done as a receiver as well. So uh, from uh, the senior perspective, I think Davion Smith's going to be a guy that gets some attention. And then one other guy that was a, was a fun watch on film was uh, San Diego State running back Donnell Pumphrey. Uh, he's a, a lightning in a bottle, if you will, a guy that just profiles as that perfect third down back uh, who can uh, get out in space, make people miss, uh, catch the football extremely well, um, and uh, just a guy that you just want on your team because you know that he can produce produce chunks of yards uh, as a weapon for you out of the backfield. So uh, obviously, like you said there, the focus is going to be on the the outstanding underclassmen uh, coming out for these running backs. But uh, there's two seniors for you to keep your eye on as well. Joe, looking at that, it it almost seems like the the skills that are underappreciated by the college game in some sense are are ones that can translate very well to the NFL, as you mentioned. And so you do see guys, uh, such as a couple that you just uh, put out there, that could be, you know, very valuable contributors as fourth, fifth, sixth round picks. It's kind of this weird juxtaposition, isn't it? No doubt about it. And and when I'm watching, you know, offensive game tape, I'm looking for guys that are generating offense. And uh, it's it's translatable. Uh, Guys that can catch passes and make a guy miss and run physically between the tackles. Now, those aren't necessarily uh, things that are – provide a a full skill set but you need guys that can do this type of stuff you need guys that can help in a variety of ways in the nfl and and depth and the amount of injuries that we're seeing so uh there's there's plenty of value particularly at running back that you can get uh in, in the middle part of the draft towards the end of it what other what other position groups out there uh are particularly strong in this senior class well, uh, you, you got to mention the tight end position. It's it's been years since we've seen this type of quality coming out uh, at tight end, particularly from seniors. I, I, my my list starts with OJ Howard out of Alabama. He's he is just disgustingly underused. But when you watch his tape and you see the physical ability, and then how good of a blocker is OJ Howard is a dominant run blocker and a guy that you can move around all over the field projects perfectly as a as a professional starting tight end jordan leggett from clemson 
he's got the softest hands in the class. A guy that you would just uh, can work the seams and 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 uh, and just pre- prevent a, a real problem for guys uh, in the secondary that just aren't going to be able to match up with him in terms of uh, of size. But then his ability to go up and, and get the football and, and make contested catches. Jake Butt out of Michigan is just a balanced football player. He he can dominate as a, as a blocker, but uh, obviously he's uh, he's a very talented pass catcher. And then uh, Evan Ingram out of Mississippi. Uh, he's more of the move piece in this in this group, but uh, he's going to be an athletic mismatch that can stretch the field uh, uh, in the mold of a Jimmy Graham type player. So uh, then you look at some of the underclassmen that could come out like a Bucky Hodges, and you you have a really nice tight end class up and coming for 2017. Now, Joe, you know the next question that's coming out of my lips, and that is any senior quarterbacks in this class that have caught your eye. Well, overall, this is not a very exciting uh, senior quarterback group. Um, but the guy that that I, I've liked best on tape is C.J. Beathard out of out of Iowa. Uh, the I would just call him a boringly solid quarterback. Um, he he, uh, particularly what stands out for me with about him. I don't think you're going to be blown away by any of his physical ability, but he's so comfortable in the pocket. A guy that can hang in there, keep his eyes downfield, and uh, and find targets with 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 all kinds of junk happening around him got that nice compact release and uh um he, he kind of just knows how to work the coverage and and route combinations and knows where to go with the football so he's kind of that smart cerebral player uh, he's not going to force any throws not going to make a ton of throws but uh, a guy that um you kind of think about these luke mcnown type players or these uh, sean hill type players that come in and uh, they just have these long, unheralded careers as a backup, maybe push for a starting uh, a gig at some point, but um, is going to be a, a good football player for a while. So C.J. Beathard is, 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 seems like a safe player, but also a useful player uh, that I think can help an NFL team for, for a long time. Well, Joe, I'll tell you what, we are uh, unfortunately out of time today, but I will make a promise to you that once, uh, once you do release the, uh, the preseason senior outlook in a few weeks, We'll get you and Kyle both uh, both on here, and we'll give you the f- we'll have you give us the full rundown on uh, pretty much the whole thing. You got what is it, eighty eight players that you're covering in it? I think eighty eight players, and then we have some uh, some fun features as well uh, to kind of. Uh, tie ribbon on the uh, publication okay so we will attempt to get through 88 players in about 20 (laughs) minutes next time and uh that's a promise for me we'll see if we can do it okay oh sounds great guys thank you joe marino joe marino from ndt scouting and draft breakdown mark uh we are done for the day but tomorrow i believe we're heading to uh steelers camp Oh, boy, that should be fun. little bit of Steelers camp with Alex Kazora from Steelers Depot. That is tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. For today, Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield, as well as guest Joe Marino. We're done, and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.